All right, welcome to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I'm your Game Master Porter, and tonight we have our regular crew of Aaron and Tiffany. Uh, Aaron, go ahead and introduce us to your character. Hi, I'm Aaron, and I play Eleanor Westergaard, and she is a beguiling magical slayer with the trouble of venom in my veins. And then her other aspects include fantastical facades, Westergaard family business, lady on a mission, um, and then she also has two gear aspects, her negative energy ward, and then her fancy whip. Okay. Tiffany, go ahead and introduce us to Mira. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric earthen enchantress. She does not kill. That is her trouble. Her aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. Now you get the thorns. And her two gear aspects are uh, her uh, negative energy ward, uh, amulet, and the staff of summer flame. So to that point, you both uh, are, are, are you both going to continue wearing your negative energy ward amulets? Uh, you've left Paranu. You might still want to, but you also can not. So, um, just wanted I think to considering bring that, that up. we may be bumping into some uh, some undead uh, <laughs> territory and um, some pretty what's the word? Ah, oh, there's a word I can't think of. We are about to face off with with a pretty powerful undead effective lich um i think messing with mishkenet would merit keeping on the yeah. necklace i think that would be fine yeah and when eleanor was having her dreams uh, as i recall hers was glowing very brightly yes, it was. and she definitely took note of that and she is not taking that amulet off okay mm -mm. all right so with that tiffany how about you give us a you you uh with that Tiffany, how about you remind us what happened last time? Uh, so we already mentioned the dreams, and uh, that was pretty revealing to some that um, Darius Obliviat is here. Wherever here may be, he's close and he's tapping into Eleanor's brain, but Eleanor has chosen not to share that with Mira. Um, but Mira definitely catches whiff that something has really shaken her. And she knows that it's shaken her deeply enough to not prod. But she is definitely, like, sniffing around that something is up with her. Um, that she'll just tell her when the time is right. But she's she's on a, she's on watch. Um, then as we tried to make our hasty retreat out of... Um, out of Perinu to get to the Cat's Light Alley, as we were told, uh, we were we were met with confrontation in the square by our friend Sal and two uh, other vampires that decided to retaliate for the scuffle in the brothel, and um, we made some pretty fiery distractions and we're able to hightail it out of there down the cat's light alley much a tumultuous journey to the gut all the way out yeah. to um her best debt but we did arrive in one piece 
Uh, and upon arriving back in Perbestet, we were able to find our way through the city, which seemed to be rife with conflict, just open conflict in the streets that we had not seen the last time we were here. And it seemed like there was a lot of um, heat taking place in um, amongst the crowds that we didn't really feel that tension before. And taking note, we still found safe haven in the, uh, we found the boathouse of the Shadows of Blood where we had once been and we maybe did a little B and E, but by getting inside, they did arrive and um, we were met with warm welcome and smiling friends. And um, that was very, very welcoming and relaxing to be able to just let our guard down for probably the first time in a very long time. We chatted with them a bit about what we'd been up to. They had questions about what we'd been facing and what we plan to face. We are going to, or Mira is going to have ritual lessons from Thetra and become a ritualist herself. And once we sort of mill about with them and catch up, we're going to find out maybe how to settle Eleanor's nerves a bit. But either either way, they're on board with everything we're doing, and we're ready to face the day head on. All right. So, speaking of facing the day, Eleanor has a rough night. Oh, no. <laughs> so, she has... She has a night of what seems at first regular dreams. It's not the bloody dramatic vision type dreams that she was experiencing before. Instead, she has regular dreams involving people she's interacted with recently, complete fanciful um, imagination dreams. But every now and then, there's a figure standing just out of the corner of her eye in the dreams. And it's just this shadowy silhouette. And when she turns and looks, it's gone. And then she returns back to what's happening in her dream. And there, this happens throughout the course of the night uh, of her dreams at least four different times where she thinks she sees something out of the corner of her eye in the course of uh, the other interactions in her dreams, and she stops and she looks and it's not there, and then she moves on, and then she stops and then she looks and it's not there. And then there's a time where she swears she sees that shadow disappearing behind a tree, and she goes and she looks and it's not there, and she just keeps looking and it's not there throughout the stream, and she's aware that of the weirdness. And then suddenly there's a moment where she has a feeling, again, of it, a nearness. And she turns, and he's right there, just like he, she, he was the night in the alley. And he plunges his knife into her stomach, just like he did back in the alley. And she runs away 
down the alley. And next thing, she's whipping through the cat's light alley, being stretched and skinny and stretched and crushed and spread out wide. And then she splats on the ground and then she wakes up. And she's fine. And she's there in the houseboat, that gentle rocking and the sound of the lapping of water of the shadows of blood. And there's this odd tugging deep, deep in your, in your gut. And it's tugging away, like the sensation of, of a magnet leaving you. And it gets further away. And after a few minutes, it returns to the same dull, aching sense that you had yesterday when you arrived in Perbastet. The heat is here. And you're pretty sure that he was closer at some point in the night. And you're pretty sure that feeling in your gut is the is a tug towards him. And there's a definite, even when it settles down to this dull feeling, it feels like there's a direction to it. And you're just, you're in the houseboat, so you can't feel, you're not sure where that direction is, but there's a feeling to it. Almost like there's, like we're connected. Yes. I feel like that's almost a new aspect. Maybe that's tied to he is here. Yeah, I feel like that's, yeah, that's where I'm wrapping that up. Yeah. So. Oh my god. You've woken up, that feeling has returned to kind of its normal sense. <gasps> do you go back to sleep or do you do anything? It's the middle of the night. Oh, um, so Eleanor's heart is racing when she wakes up. Um, and she kind of, you know, once she realizes she's awake and that she's safe and that she's in the houseboat and I'm assuming Mira's sleeping next to her somewhere. Oh know. yeah. Mira's right there. Yeah. So she's like making sure that everyone's asleep. Like nothing is afoot. Um, she's going to get up and go just kind of poke her head outside. I, mean, I just want to make sure that, Yeah. and I want to see if I can like feel where that direction is. Sure. So you get up, do you want to get up on like, Go out to the deck of the houseboat. Yeah. And walk around. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming we can go outside on onto the houseboat without like you know yeah. leaving the houseboat. I don't want to leave the houseboat. Okay. So in you are in the flood and you can you can definitely see kind of the hor like shapes of the city around, but it's hard because you're kind of down on the water level. It's hard to see much architecture beyond your immediate area, but there is a direction as, as you're out on the houseboat, like it feels like a very, a very dull compass. Okay. And can I tell which direction it is going towards? It is giving you a very definite tug strongly towards the east and a little to the south, but it's really hard with the, the elevation that you have here in the flood to really see where that's pointing. But like, 
It's pointing. You could follow it. Easily. It has a very strong, like, direction. It's just a very dull ache in your gut. Like a need. Oh, I don't think I should go follow it right now. I don't think that would be very smart. So is it, a, is it like, is this feeling like I'm pulling towards it? Like I'm being, yeah, I guess pulled is a good word. Like, or is it just a, is it like a, like a sense of dread of like, No, oh. like a, like a pull, like a, almost like two magnets. Okay. Attracting towards each other. So it's like, I want to go. Yes. Sort of. Imagine oh, that you no. swallowed a magnet. And that magnet, the other end of that magnet, like pulling. is pulling from, and it's not like, like, it's easy to ignore. It's just there. So all you have to do is pay attention to it, and you can feel where it's going. You could hop on the carpet and go right there. Oh my goodness, I forgot about the carpet. Easily. It's like really wanting a donut, and like, you don't have to have a donut. You could like... Eat a sandwich or a salad, but it doesn't like leave the mind that you really, really want that donut. Yes, that's a great way to say it. Yeah, you do have the carpet if you just wanted to get some elevation. Ooh, okay, that's a great idea. All right, cool. Is that a compel? No. Is that a com- no? No, no. Okay, well, yes. There won't be any comp. There, there won't be any uh, unless you. Let me put it this way. If you're just going to get some elevation on the carpet, that's not a compel. If you actually want to go follow it, that's a compel. How much trouble do you want from this? I mean, I really would like to know where he's at. That would be helpful. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go get the carpet from our room. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like there's probably needs to be a roll to see if Mira notices me getting the carpet out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. She's asleep. Yeah, she's, she's, she's had a long day. Been through it. She's fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's let's get on the carpet and okay. let's get a little elevation and see what we see. Okay. Are you gonna Are you gonna hide yourself at all? Oh my goodness! I forgot. Or are, you, bomber, man. are you gonna stealth bomber mode, or are you gonna are you gonna fly yes. on your carpet no, visibly in this no, stair? No, no, stealth bomber mode okay. all the way, well, in and that we're case, gonna go follow it now that I'm invisible. Ah, okay. So you do need. Okay, well, in that case, you do need to roll first of all. Okay, I've got my vampire dice tonight, and I'm really hoping. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh! Okay, so that is going to be a five. That is great. That is good enough. Okay, so okay, we are following. You can are compelled, please. You can be compelled, which means uh, we're gonna have to create a complication. So uh, you get a com- so you get the fate point when something goes bad. Okay, let's maybe. Okay, yes. So let's, let's wait. <laughs> let's. You'll get a fate point at the point that it actually creates a complication. Okay. So, okay. Alright, so you glamour, you veil, sorry, veil. not glamour. We're invisible. You veil yourself at, on the carpet on, the, do, on the, the deck of the boat. Yep. And you take off into the air. And you, you start kind of making some arcs, because the carpet can't, doesn't just go straight up. So it does an arc, and you kind of get yourself some elevation, and you start following the feeling. And you rise into the, as you rise higher into the air, the, the, uh, 
horizon of the the horizon line of the city changes as you get above the 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 basic lower buildings and you realize that you are flying straight towards the point of the pyramid Meshkenet's pyramid in the center of the city you are being pulled you are being drawn directly towards her pyramid and yet i'm being pulled by what i'm assuming is darius Oblivion. correct to mishkenet's pyramid yes well we had heard russell's that he had been or somebody matching his vague description had been popping around the pallid court for a while. But this is where he actually is pulling you towards. That's very curious. I'm going to go a little further. I actually kind of want to go check out the pyramid. I'm in stealth bomber mode. I had a great role. We need to take advantage of this. Sure. We should. I mean, usually pyramids, you know, <laughs> their intrigue and mystery isn't on the outside other than their <laughs> obvious shape but you know if you can gather anything from well, i think you know just like a little circle it, and yeah. come back hey. as you're flying and as you look behind you it's easy to realize that you know if someone was perhaps traveling from uh, behind you you can see in the in the in the darkness of the night gleaming in the moonlight the white stone far in the distance of the pallid court it's actually not too hard to realize that, you know, if someone was traveling from the Pallid Court to Meshkenet's Pyramid, they'd have probably passed pretty close to the Flood. Oh. Oh, dear. Especially if someone was flying like you are now. Do vampires fly? Some of them. Well, the, I mean, ones, the ones, the ones. <laughs> I mean, like, where tigers yeah. fly, apparently. So, of course, vampires <laughs> okay, fly. Let me rewind that a bit. <laughs> the ones that you used to fight far back north, where Darius Obliviat comes from, his his clan in particular was known for the ability to shape change into bats, wolves, mist, that kind of stuff. They did that. You have not seen any of the vampires down south do that. You don't know if they can or cannot. You happen to know as a hunter that vampire, the vampire bloodlines have a variety of different abilities and, and strengths and weaknesses. But the ones that you're used to fighting, um, they, many of them did have that talent. And he certainly did. Wow. Okay. So, you are flying towards the pyramid and the the pyramid rises high above everything else nearby, and it's dominating the, the horizon line as you get close to it. It's a deep brown stone. It's not a pretty building. It is steep, sloped sides with, full, with a main entrance on the front that comes from the large, uh, the large avenue running down the center of town from the main entrance. And then you can see, as you get closer, you can see that there is a uh, sort of a road surrounding the entire pyramid. 
separating it from any other nearby buildings. And it seems like there are three other entrances, one on each face. There are no windows. There are no, um, there's no steps in the pyramid. It rises up to a point. Are there any um, areas that, like, air would be coming in and out of the pyramid? You would have to... Like an air shaft. Uh, you would have to get much closer to investigate the uh, to investigate that. They are not obvious from uh, from a distance. Okay. So there's so from a distance we're only seeing the main entrance. Yeah, the general the, the okay. general art the general layout of the architecture. Okay. Okay. I think I feel satisfied with the pyramid. I was just trying to see if I could get any information that might help us in our Mm -hmm. um rescue that we're going to be doing um okay as we as i circle back around can i how far am i from the pallet court so meshkenet's pyramid is here in the center of town right off of the main way of bestet the main road and you have just been come soaring from the northwest you've been coming southeast towards the pyramid it's not quite a straight line to the pallid court, but it's close, especially if someone was avoiding flying over a big body of open water. Which, you know, vampires are not forbidden from doing, but they don't like being over open water. It's uncomfortable for them. So, if someone was coming nearby from the pallid if someone was coming nearby from the pallid court, they would follow the arc of the landmass, passing near the flood, and then coming down towards the pyramid. Okay, so it seems that going back and flying around the pallid court, uh, I don't think I'm actually going to do that. I think I'm just going to head back to the flood okay. and back to the safety of my little Shadows of Blood houseboat. Which, by the way, is a total brilliant base of operations for counter-vampire resistance groups is in a boat. It's if vampires true. don't love open water. That's yes. a very good point. Yes. So now, as you fly around the pyramid, here's where I will offer you a compel if you would like it. Okay. This would be a compel of... Take your pick, venom in your veins, or he is here. It's kind of the, it's kind of, kind of a little column A, little column B. Okay. So just as you have been aware of his presence, I am happy to give you the fate point for him to be aware of your presence. Oh yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Fate point for Eleanor. Ooh. What is it they say? A door once opened can be passed through in both directions? <laughs> I kind of assumed that he already knew I was here. So, like, I'm happy to take that fate for him. I'm pretty sure that he okay. knows that. Yeah. Very good. So as you are flying around the pallid... Or, uh, sorry. As you are flying around the pyramid, you feel a shift in the magnets in your stomach. Sorry, the, the, the hypothetical, sorry, the, uh... It's like swallowing magnets is bad. The figurative, bad yes, no one listening to the show, no one go swallow magnets. The figurative 
uh, magnets in your in your gut and you feel a shift and it you feel it intensify for a moment as as if the magnet the the mother magnet has suddenly turned towards you you i would like you to please make oh no a roll a roll and you can choose focus <laughs> or bold okay it's going to be bold focus is 0 okay. bold is 1 difficulty is 2 Okay. And it is pulling you down towards the pyramid. So I'm making this roll to counter that? Yes. To fight it? Yes. Dang it, I'm just going to use my fate point that I just got. Okay, so I've got negative one on the dice. My bold is one, so that's a zero. So I'm going to have to use my fate point. Oh, Man, I'm just never going to take these fate points. I always use them to get out of the trouble that they <laughs> bring you them in the first place. You could just see where it leads. Ah! Wait, okay. So if I fail, then you are drawn down. Can, can Mira make a roll to see if she notices that? Well, I guess she can't get there because I have to come. I'm asleep. There's nothing I can do. You to the carpet. Maybe you have a dream and you're like, Eleanor's in trouble. That's great. <laughs> Her and the Shadows of Blood it. can spend two hours running across town on foot. Because you took the carpet. I know. You gotta, someone's got to turn you guys into birds or something. <laughs> okay. So if I, yeah, sure, let's follow it. Okay. <laughs> He's not gonna kill me, right? Right? You're not gonna kill me tonight. I mean, you know, Mishkenneth Dungeon probably has a little extra space, and <laughs> you know, that would maybe lend some empathy to Eleanor's thoughts on the rescue mission. It's but true. You know, it's let's true. see where it goes. <laughs> so, you. Feel yourself drawn down, not to the big front doors, but down towards the rear of the pyramid. The rear service entrance is what it looks like. It's a very plain uh, set of very sturdy and probably very heavily um, barricaded double doors. Okay. But you feel yourself tugged down that direction. And after a few minutes, as you're coming down, you see them open slightly and a shape <laughs> comes out. And you see the form, you see the dark shadowy form of a man okay. come out and your heart stops. You can't see him in the darkness well at all, but you know with every ounce Is my of your being. Oh, it's a good thing you are veiled. And wearing the amulet! You feel the energy off your amulet. Woo! And... 
suddenly he changes into the form of a bat. And he comes flying, swooping around. He's not as maneuverable as you are on your carpet. So he has to kind of take some angles. But you can tell that the magnets are pulling. And he's coming your direction. He can't... You're pretty sure he can't see you. The flickering bat form flies its way around, about, and up, but definitely moving towards you. If I catch him, he's little, right? He is. He's very fast. Like a golden snitch. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks your blood and kills you. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Okay. Am I allowed to do something right now? You you can. The form is coming up to, is oh, coming well, up in your direction, okay. but well, I'm gonna fly away. I know who that is. Okay. I know what's gonna happen. I gotta go. Okay. Good thing you are glamoured. So you haul veiled. Yeah. Or sorry, you are. It's a good thing you are veiled. You dart back towards the flood, and. Do you head back to the houseboat? Yeah. Okay. So. But I'm going to make sure, I'm going to see if he's following me. If he's following me, I'm going to go in a different direction. Like, I'm going to, I'm not going to make a straight line. I don't want him to know where we are. He is following you in a general fashion. He is not as fast as you. So. Can I go out over some water? You sure can. So you're, it's very easy to hit a head out into the bay before you head directly to the flood. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. I think that's a very good plan. Go ahead and give me a clever roll. Okay, so that is a negative one on the dice. My clever is three, so that's a two. Okay, so that is a success with a cost. So the cost is he knows. That's exactly what (laughs) I'm thinking. So he follows you out over the water. And you see him flutter around in circles and you realize he has lost the trail, but he knows. He knows you're here. He knows he was on your... He knows. And he flutters around. You can tell from a distance that he's frustrated. And I bet he's very... uh, What's the word curious or confused as to how am I flying? Probably. He's probably confused about a lot of things. Probably. (laughs) There's a whole lot about the situation involving you that is not normal. You represent an enormous unknown. Mmm. That's good. That is good. Okay. You are probably a a one-of-a-kind situation. There's nothing that ancient vampires love more (laughs) than unique, novel things that shake them out of their eternal boredom. Great. (laughs) But you lose his tail. Congratulations. Yay! You make it back to your houseboat safely. 
So does he know that like, just like around about the coastal area, he sort of lost the trail or it's like she's on one of those boats somehow, or it's just somewhere on the waterfront. The, the yeah, he knows he lost the trick. He knows that you headed over water and that he lost your trail there. Okay. Is there any way that you could either confirm or deny? Is he thinking she's on the waterfront somewhere? I just don't know where. I'm going to start burning down these houseboats one by one. Or is it just ah, uh, tricky vampire hunter knows to lose my scent over water, and that was just a strategic move? You have no idea. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> you don't know. But I want to because I want to know how hard to grill Eleanor over breakfast. But go ahead. So to that point, Eleanor, give us a hard to grill Eleanor. Give over us breakfast. a give us a covert roll for how well your oh. exits and entrances go unnoticed by hey. uh, by Mira. I don't feel like that's fair to have me roll on something that has already happened. However, I think it's fair to see, because I asked about a roll to see if she noticed when I was gone, and you were like, no, she's asleep. Yeah, yeah but any sneak knows it's sneaking back in. Yes, yeah, sneaking back in, exactly. which, which I think is fair. Yes. Sorry, you, you were saying both of them. Sorry, I, okay, fair enough. Fair Ooh, distinction. I'm let that one stay. And so what, this is a covert roll. Yep. Okay, yep. so that is a plus one on the dice. So that is a plus three all right i feel like mira should probably roll against me right to see like if her focus like overcomes that no not focus because focus is applied ongoing attention uh mira give us a uh give us a clever uh that is a plus four oh I told you, she's on a hair trigger. She's on to you. <laughs> okay, so... That's good. Mira, you... Eleanor was going to tell her at this point. <laughs> just so you know. So, Mira, you wake up to the sound of Eleanor sneaking back into... The door creaks. Yes. And she's like, oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so you wake up, you hear it, you're busted. You know you're busted. Oh, yeah. And the two of you are looking at each other because you're kind of walking right into the living room, which is where she, the two of you were sleeping. And got the carpet. <laughs> yeah, you got the carpet under your arm. So she knows and you know she knows. The jig is up. Eleanor, what is going on with you? Are you okay? Uh, Mira, it's so late. Why are you up? Why are you out? Oh. You, where have you been? Are you just, I have a multitude of questions. Are you okay? Yes. Yes, I, yes, I'm okay. Um, what, what time is it? Like, is, are we, is it like still middle of the night or is it like morning? <sighs> It is probably getting awfully close to dawn now. Okay. Close. The others uh, will be up soon. Mira, uh, how about I make us some tea? Would you like some tea? I am very cold. I would like to get some tea. I let's let's do this. I'll handle the tea. I'll whip up some 
some masterful herbology. I'll make us the best tea you've ever had. You sit down, start talking. Hmm. Um, I didn't want to say anything when we are in Paranu because I didn't want to worry you because I didn't think I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought it was just you know how you have feelings sometimes that maybe that someone's around or something's going to happen or that you saw something that you didn't like deja vu or, or something. I, I thought it was just that, but um do you 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 remember Darius Obliviat that I've talked about? Um Yes as much. Yes. Uh I've just been having some feelings and some dreams that have been very odd where I thought I saw him and I thought it was just a dream um but he's here in Perbastet I had a dream tonight and I I saw him in my dream and I woke and I felt his presence his I felt him pulling me and as I, I decided, I decided I should know if he was here or not. So I got the carpet and I, I took it out and I followed this feeling I had. And don't worry, I veiled myself. I can see that you are not happy. Well, if you went off alone, which I'm not going to scold you. I'm not your mother, but you know that that was a bad choice, right? Like we're in agreement. That was pretty <laughs> reckless. But that being said, you're saying that you're getting sense feelings from dreams of presence and you decided to scope it out in person. Well, I didn't, you have, we have so much with Tomlin and with taking Meshkinet on. And yesterday was such an awful day. I just thought that perhaps, you know, my brain was a bit scrambled and I just had to know. I, I, um, I veiled myself. He could not see me. I followed this feeling and it's very odd. It took me right to Meshkenet's pyramid, right to the pyramid. And he came out of her pyramid and he transformed into a bat. And he started following me. I think, I think he feels the same pull. I think in some weird way we're connected. Well, isn't that a vampire thing that like, there's the whole, like, I mean, I'm clearly out of my depth. I'm not as well educated as you are. Everything I know I learned from you, but isn't there some sense of connection with networks of vampires and where they make others and their families and they, I, there's like a, I, I don't yes. know the right word, yes. but very, yes. is that normal for those to communicate with their bloodline, I guess it would be considered through dreams? But I'm not a vampire. Well. I'm not. But there, you see this there tattoos, is, Mira? <laughs> and what exactly are they keeping at bay? They're keeping the, the transformation. I am a the, human. 
Well, perhaps this would be a better question for our hosts in the morning about the particulars of the connection. But if you are saying that you felt a pull, we need to be very careful about the directions of this pull. And if you are getting a sense of how to find him, if he can find you just as easily, we just need to be very, very careful. Absolutely. But I believe that we are now in agreement that our operations with Meshkenet are of the utmost importance and no longer an inconvenient complication. Oh, Mira, I've never thought it is an inconvenient complication. I have been... I have still been a bit upset about the were-tigers, how that went down, but I have always been here for you. I've always been happy to follow you into this. Meshkenet, I think there's more at play here than just Tomlin. And Akumba. And Nakumba. But I don't care about Nakumba. We're probably going to kill him anyway. <laughs> if we find him. <laughs> well, it seems like um, it's a good thing we have a pretty swift and eager paladin on our side because it looks like we're going to need to go in to face her on full force because it looks like she's rallied up some friends. I just don't know why. Don't you think it's curious? The Meshkenet has a vampire coming in and out. And if he, when he was traveling, when I felt him, I think he might have been flying from the pallet court to her pyramid. Because vampires don't like to go over the open water. And so I feel like he was probably flying close to the flood to stay closer to the land. So what was Darius doing at the Pallet Court? And what is he doing with Shmeskenet? And why is he so far south? I wonder if our hosts could lend some insight over breakfast. I think this is definitely a series of questions for Sadiq. He could definitely tell us what's happening over at the Pallet Court and why he may be shepherding messages back and forth or or carrying out whatever alliances or orders from Meskenet. We need to find out what is going on here. What brings him here at the same time as you? Have we woken them up, by the way, with all of our chatting? Uh, we'll, no, but we'll say they come on down here very momentarily. Like, we're being pretty loud. Yeah, it's... <laughs> like making tea and... Ah, heck. Let's say, sure, the three of them are lurking in the door, and you see the three of them sort of poking their heads out. You see a furry set of eyes, <laughs> a feathery set of eyes, and a fleshy set of eyes. All sort of, you know, three stooges poking out oh, through the doorway. <laughs> so they've been, like, listening, so don't have to recount for, for them. For the last, few, last minute or two, yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? 
Well, you all might come, might as well come on in. I do believe Mira probably has tea for everyone. I've I've made plenty. Good morning, everyone. They uh, all three of them sort of come walking in, not sheepishly. Well, no, Sadiq looks sheepish. Thetra looks judgy, and uh, Tata looks concerned. Judgy. You swear you hear her tut tutting as she. Moves across the room. Oh, you've got two moms scolding you now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I think the time has come now that we have rest on our side and hot beverages to perk up our day. I think it's time to do a little catching up. We kind of gave you our hasty recap of our turmoil over the time we've been apart, but perhaps maybe if you could give us sort of a status report of the way of things around Perbestet that may help fill in some of the gaps regarding this this uh, new arrival to Perbestet who greatly uh, influences our actions. Well, and Sadiq, uh, specifically, before we hear about the whole city, I'm very curious about the Pallet Court, and if you have seen any new vampires, ones that might be of the powerful sort from the north. Sadiq takes his cup of tea and sits on a stool and kind of nods thoughtfully. Hearing what you just said makes some sense. I think I mentioned last night that there's been a new figure noticed around the court that I, I hadn't seen myself, but there's been discussions and and rumors about about a, a powerful visitor. And hearing what you just said, it seems obvious that it's him. And thinking about it. I suspect that when you left, Lady Alasha was adrift. She'd lost the confidence of her court, and she was very, very angry at you. She knew who you were and where you came from. From your debate in front of her whole court. Hearing what I just heard, I think she sent word to him specifically and probably tempted him down here to learn more. From what we understand, everything that you are is rather unique and special and would be, well, quite interesting. I, I suspect that she lured him down here. But none of us expected you to come back. That was a surprise. I can't imagine Lady Alasha expected that. Why would you come back? Why indeed? <laughs> um, why, why would he be going to Meshkenet's Pyramid? I understand that that makes a lot of sense why he would be in the pallet court and why Lady Alashra would call him there. But 
why would he be going to Mashkenet's pyramid? I, I, I honestly don't know. We, we know that Lady Alasha had been going to Meshkenet and trying to offer the services of her court to bring order on the streets. I think we mentioned last night that there's been a street war between the, the cat folk and the gnolls going on that, and that the vampires come in to clean up either side. So there's been dealings between Alasha and Meshkenet recently. And it sounds like from what you told us last night that Meshkenet has something against you that led her to, and he kind of gestures at Mira, you know. Perhaps it's all linked. Meshkenet's motivations for finding us in the first place. Maybe our presence in the pallid court and making it now known that figs have an effect on vampiric power and transformation. And if that power could be messed with either harnessed or vanquished one way or the other perhaps that is the link between Meshkenet's motivations to grow her own tree by ensnaring us and Darius's entanglements and involvement Thatcher sort of tut tuts over on the side but Meshkenet was looking for you before wasn't she she was. That's very true. She was searching for us from the very beginning. So... She must have known... I believe she knew where the anchor point is for the oasis here. She was probably waiting. But Alashra went to Mesh... We know Alashra has been talking to Meshkin. Is it... Such a stretch that she mentioned she shared... Her humiliation regarding the two of you? Oh no, they bonded over <laughs> their hatred of us. <laughs> oh. oh, that is terrible, dear. My that is terrible. It is, it is. My enemy's enemy is my friend, and I believe that's... Those are t two women you never want hating you at the same time. Congratulations. I feel like you've got a full house. <laughs> Well, I guess we just have to take them both down now. Tata sort of chokes on his tea. <clears throat> Excuse me, but take them down? There was no... We talked about... We talked about rescuing your love. Ta 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 Thompson? Ta Tomlin. Tomlin. Taking down Meshkenet is uh that is a very different order of magnitude. But I don't believe that they will ever stop. If they hate us as much as much as we're thinking. 
You and do. And they can track us, and they've got vampires on their side, and I just don't know. I don't know where this ends. I understand. You real. You do realize that Meshkenet is practically a god. She's a demigod, or I don't. The god kings and queens are so powerful. And from what you've described, your vampire lord here is something to behold as well. Now, we... There is something. Thetra gives him a sharp look. We may as well tell them, Thetra. We have been researching something very powerful. You you remember the scrolls that we retrieved from the tomb that you helped us get. That is a... Well, it's a special ritual. And it's... It's called Blood's Oblivion. And what it does is it destroys an entire bloodline of vampires. You must find a vampire and you perform this ritual on them and it and it at this point Fetcher let me ex, let me explain Tata. With this ritual it lets you well first you must capture a given vampire. And then you capture that vampire and you, you harness them in a magic circle designed for the purpose. Then you must put them into stasis. That alone is not easy. Then this ritual destroys them and it cascades throughout their entire bloodline. And every vampire below them in the hierarchy will also be destroyed. We have been planning to try and capture Lady Alasha. That is what we have been working towards since you left. I have deciphered the ritual and I believe I can do it. (laughs) That has been our plan, Tata. And that is still our plan. To free Perbastet of the clutches of the Pallid Court. Um, what is the name of that ritual again? That scroll? It, it's an ancient language, but it translates roughly to Blood's Oblivion. It's not precise, but I think it captures the poetry of the ritual. You agree? Yes? Indeed. And if this were to be used, say, on Darius Obliviat, do you think I would be killed? She holds her her clawed hands up in a shrug. I sincerely don't know. You are a wild card. But I suspect 
based on the other learnings we've had from other partial transformations like yours. It's not unknown, it's just unusual. We have experience with it here in the Shadows of Blood. My theory is that you would be freed. But I don't know. You also might disintegrate. Well, I'm assuming that some of you have been created by the Pallet Court. How did you feel about this as you were making your plans? Fetra and Sadiq both look at Tata. And he's kind of looking down at his tea, and he sort of shrugs. I decided it didn't matter. What mattered was freeing Per Bastet from the Pallid Court. And he takes a sip of his tea. I figured I'd take my chances. But what if you destroy the Pallid Court and they knew? A new ruler arises. Vampiric power vacuum. Fetra jumps in. The Pallid Court is not just powerful because they are vampires. They're powerful because they are established. Vampires are powerful in and of themselves, but they're a, they're a monster like many others. There are many things here in the Southlands that are very dangerous. What makes the vampires so problematic is the way that they take over institutions of power, and they insinuate themselves in the structure of a city, giving them access to resources and money and temporal power. No other monster really does that, except for the, and she sort of grimaces, except for the god kings and queens, and she sort of spits. But that's a trouble for another day. I don't think that even if there, if we destroyed every other vampire in this city and your lord was left, he couldn't replace Lady, what Lady Alasha has spent hundreds of years building. Even if he swarmed his entire family down here, Meshkena and Nefrini would have nothing of it. Lady Alasher is powerful because she herself is an institution. So who do we choose to help them kill? Do we choose to help them kill Lady Alasher and all those vampires? Or do I selfishly want to take it and use it? I'm Darius Oblivia. That is so tricky. And are they willing to? Yeah, that's the thing, is that oh. we need their help to do it, and, you know, they may not agree. Yeah. Oh, man. We should totally take down Lady Alasha. Well, and the question, there's a question now, too, of order of operations. Yeah. Because 
they've got time and vampires got time and i know they want to act hastily but there are very mortal people who are currently chained to dungeon walls and may not have that much time yeah they to be fair they have not actually in, said that they are um rushing toward they're working towards it yeah yeah this sounds like a long game Step one was a month ago you helping them retrieve the the, yeah. the ritual from the tomb itself. Man, we've got a flying carpet and a pretty pretty reliable veiling of said thing. Yeah. I'll say this. I think that this is tough, order of operations, because like we just rolled into town. We have to get home. It would be really cool if we could take down these vampires and we could make a an agreement with them that they help us it may be easier to get the in to take down darius if we get the inside scope on miss kennett first i guess that would clear tata's blood oath or whatever his loyalty to us that like you know, that would be an oath fulfilled if he came with us to, you know, be on that rescue mission. And then after that, we have, hopefully, Tomlin's water powers with us in our arsenal to take on the vampires afterwards. Oh, yeah. That's sort of really like, helpful. clear the ledger, and then we go down and take down the vampires. Just then, a raven flies into the window with a little scroll tied to its foot. Thetra goes over, unties the message, sends the raven away. She sits there and reads. Huh. Interesting. Um. Tata, your, your contact in the hyena district um apparently had a run-in last night with a kobold looking for the queen of cats apparently he was rather persuasive and violent so Someone else is looking for the Queen of Cats now. Huh. Um, apparently your contact says he's out. This is too hot for him now, and, uh, he, he can't send us an information anymore. That is unfortunate. Hmm. She uh, takes the message over to the uh, little, thought the little fire where you've been, uh, the little stove where you've been boiling your kettles for tea, and she tosses the note in there. Huh. Well, that's uh, that's too bad. He was helpful whenever we needed to know where the gang fights would happen and the vampires would be. Hmm. 
I think Eleanor and Mira look at each other and we know who the sneaky kobold is. He's been after that Grimalkin eye from day one. <laughs> Yola! The Shadows of Blood don't know anything I about know, Yola. But so. we know Yola. Yeah. Um, who is this, this contact that you're talking about? It, he is a... Uh, I'm sorry. Tata speaks up. He is a cat folk who is a, uh, well, not a cousin, but a, a distant, very distant relation of mine. Our, our, we have large families, so that tends to happen. He runs a small, a small shop in the district of the Hyena, so he has been able to feed us information when when there is a fight brewing between some of the catfolk gangs and gangs and the knolls the knoll gangs particularly in his area he's been a useful source of information for me and the reason we knew wanted to know where their fights would be is that the vampires would often close in so if we went where the fight was going to be, we could usually intercept some vampires on the way. It worked. But apparently he is out of the game now, and he's going to uh, just lay low. I think I think that Mira and I might know this kobold that he speaks of. Tata and Fetra and Sadiq all look confused. We... We met a sneaky kobold last time we were in Perbastet, and he had a certain affinity towards the Grimalkin Eye, the object that gives the Queen of Cats her power. Um, I, I would love to know the address of your cousin, and perhaps Mira and I we could take a pay him a visit and maybe see. Where we could find this this sneaky little kobold. Uh Sure. What can it hurt? His he he writes down a uh, uh an address. Here is here is the corner where he usually operates a food stand in the district of the hyena. His name is Jola. Um, if you mention my name, he should speak with you. Hopefully he is not too frightened. Your co- he didn't mention anything about the kobold hurting him, so I- I hope he's fine. But, uh, do let him know that I appreciate his friendship and his service, and that, well, tell him I owe him some milk. <laughs> yes, we shall do this. Um, perhaps after breakfast, though. It looks like Mira's got a lot of stuff she's been working on. Or plan to. I. I have I have work to do with Thetra, and we have to um, we have to steady up. So, you spend your morning in your rest and your study, and then you're going to head out in, shall we say, the afternoon? Yeah. Okay. 
So, you, uh, how are you heading to the district of the hyena? I really just want to fly. I know we probably shouldn't, but I'd like to. I think given the veil, I think, I think it's probably the jig is up around town. And I, I think that rallying speed when it comes to like making contacts and getting around, I think would be okay. I think sort of making our presence known by such manners of travel would be reckless. But I think that if you're confident in the veil, then I think that I mean, there are people with psychic links to our location. So, you know, I think right. <laughs> moving around a little bit in the sky above some rooftops, I think is probably fine. All right. Are you going to veil then? Going to veil. All right, do it. I got to roll. You do. Um, that is a three. All right. You are safe. Whew. So you are able to veil the yourselves on the carpet and you soar over Perbestet in the hot, hot midday sun. Oh my goodness is it hot in Perbestet midday. But you head up to the district of the hyena and you're able to set yourselves down very uh, covertly into a alleyway and from there head out into a, a street, and you are able to fairly easily find the location. Uh, the lo uh, You're able to very easily find the location that Tata gave you. Takes a little bit of orienting just around the streets and such, but doesn't take too long. And you are, in short order, staring across the street at a, at a cat folk food vendor who seems to be handing out skewers of meat, which Knowles seem to really like. However, you notice that his interaction with all of his customers seems very cool. They want his, uh, they want what he's got, but they don't want to, you, you notice that there are no pleasantries. You notice that it is, um, that it is tense, but He's known, he seems known around here, so people come, they give him money, they take their food, they go. There's no, like, charming banter going on. I'm almost, got, I, maybe I'm just like, I haven't shaken really kind of like our instincts from Puranu, where it's like, okay, we're human, we're in this district, like, are we sure that, like, no one's going to, like, you know, stir up trouble because you know, things are weird here and there, you know, there's already tensions and I'm wondering if we would add to it just by showing up. We're level 10 characters. <laughs> wow. There's that confidence. She's back. <laughs> I should have never mentioned that. I mean, I feel like we can take on anyone at this point. All right. So I think we should, I, I imagine if there's a crowd, there's sort of like a queue forming. So I think we should just sort of like. I wouldn't say a queue turn. as much as just a fairly like steady stream of come and go folks. There's not much of a line. It's it's just past the lunch rush. So these are sort of the late lunch stragglers at this point. I think we just get down in there and I think we just go up and let him know who yeah. we are, say the password and see if he gives us information. Yeah. 
I'd say we walk up. Are you are you taking the lead with with the introductions or are you are you hanging back and keeping the lookout? Um, I'm good with either. Whatever whatever feeling. Okay. Um I feel like these stakes are low. I feel like the uh, the diplomatic side of Eleanor usually makes the introductions, but I don't know, Mira maybe the fact that we're back in Perbestat. I feel like maybe this is a character direction that she's just like, kind of know my way around here. I can introduce yeah. myself to people. Yeah. And she's kind of trying it on, seeing how it feels. So so she walks up to the vendor who you know to be Jola. And um, and I say, um, uh, greetings, Jola. Uh, we, bring, we bring well wishes um, from your cousin. He looks slightly, uh, he, 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 sorry. Jola looks embarrassed. He is a fairly large tabby cat breed of, of cat folk on the more sort of, uh, plump side, probably the plumpest cat folk you've seen thus far. And when you mention Tata's name, he hangs his head. He's probably really mad at me, isn't he? I'm. I felt so bad sending that letter. Why are you here? He he understands, and there's no ill feeling. And he, in fact, mentioned that he owes you some milk. Oh, that's better than I. That's better than I expected. Well, um, he kind of looks around, like looking to see if anyone else is looking. Why are you here? No, oh, we we were Who hoping to. We we were actually, we we're friends of Tata's, and we were interested to find your message mentioning someone who matches the description of someone we would like to make contact with, ourselves, and. We were hoping that you might point us in the direction of a certain. A certain kobold with an affinity for blades. You're not sure how he looks pale because he's covered in fur, but he gets <laughs> pale. And he, he sort of shakes his head. I don't ever want to see that kobold again. I've never <laughs> and, been... And you don't? You don't have to. We, <gasps> we would like to. If you could point us in the direction of how we might find him, and if I might politely inquire what what has made your your contact go cold why why have you decided you couldn't share intel with tata any longer what's happened i i i'm listen i'm not a hero i just try to try to help my my cousin but but i'm telling you when when people start sticking knives in your throat, ye, ye, I, I want no part of that anymore. The Queen of Cats is, is running her game in town, and, and I... He gets a bit of a blissful look on his face for a moment. She's, she's wonderful, but I'm not going to die to help her or to help Tata, and... 
I'm just, I'm out. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I told him what I know, and I'm out. Okay? That's it. I've, I'm not cut out for any of this hero business. Well, we thank you for your bravery thus far, and I think if you would hand over any further communication with the kobold to us, then we'll make sure that he doesn't cause you any further trouble. Oh, gods, I hope I never see him again. I told him, I mean, I told him what I know, which isn't a lot. I mean, no one, well, I'm sure someone knows where the Queen of Cats is, but I don't. But I, I mean, I told him what we've been hearing and how we, we hear it. And, and, well, I told him a place where he, he might find her. And what would that be? Well, he kind of, he kind of looks sheepish. There's, there's talk that, that she's going to be on the wall at the full moon two nights from now. Any reasons why in particular? Well, it's a, it's a popular spot for our folk here in the city to speak to the rest of us. You see, it's a, it's a tall wall that when it's a full moon, the full moon passes right behind the space. And so if you're standing on top of the wall, you're silhouetted in the moon and you strike a very dramatic figure and, well, it makes an impact. And uh, rumor is she'll be on the wall two nights from now. I didn't want to say something because I'm pretty sure he wants to, 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 to do something to her. And I don't want that. I, I want her to be there. I'm good to, I'll be there myself to see, of course, who wouldn't. But I hope nothing happens. Do you think, do you, you say you know him? Do you, do you think you can stop him? Well, we have to find out his motivations first, but you'll be happy to know that not only do we know him, but we also know her. And... He looks like, he's wide-eyed. You know the Queen of Cats? You might say we made her the Queen of Cats. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. What, what, what are you going to do? Talk mostly, and depending on how that goes, we hope to resolve any ensuing conflict peaceably. We certainly don't, we are in agreement in that we don't want any harm to come to anyone. But if we can bring peace to the city by our actions, that would be just a bonus for us. Look, our motivations, our motivations are our own. We try to help where we can. We need to speak with Yolak. It would be lovely to speak with the Queen of Cats. <laughs> and, and we appreciate your 
uh, your uh, cooperation in in helping us with all these efforts. Mira, go ahead and give me a clever roll with your negotiation stunt bonus. Clever is plus two, and I got one on the dice, and my negotiation is plus two, so that's a five. Sweet. That is a success with style. He seems swayed by your by your words and he he leans in and he he whispers in your ear I don't know this for sure but I hear that she can be found in the square by the old Kush road down in the down in the district of the cat there's there's a meat-packing plant there, and they say that she holds up there. I didn't tell him this, but I'll tell you this. You save the Queen of Cats. You understand? Don't let him hurt her. We will do everything in our power to make sure no harm comes to her. I, I appreciate your sharing this knowledge with me and it will be treated with the utmost care and we will be sure to, to give her your well wishes as well. He holds out a paw in a in a uh, in a in a gesture that you've you've never quite seen before, but it invites your hand to come up and touch his paw. I return it, I guess. And when you do, he sort of closes his his sort his paw fingers, interlacing with your fingers, and gives you a little grip. And you think you've just learned a. Symbol of affection between cat folk. Aww. Aww, that's adorable. <laughs> and he nods. Now, go, get out of here before someone else sees you. Thank you. We we were never here, and we just, like, scuttle away. Awesome. Okay. What do you do now? So you have a location. You know there's an event two nights from now, but you have a location. I mean, I think we're probably going to wait until that event. And probably... Well, or we maybe get the drop on Henna before this event. The only event is really just a dramatic stage right, where but we someone need, could... But we need Yolok to be there, and he'll probably strike when she makes an appearance. Yeah, but we... Hmm, I guess it's screwing with the timeline a little bit. We don't need him there to just talk to her and just see what she's up to. She's going to address a crowd. We have no idea what she's going to say. We only know that she has sway over them because yeah. of the... We can, go we can just go like, say, hey, we're back in town. What's up? And just kind of like get a sense of what she's up to. Yeah, we could do that. And right. uh, and and maybe that would help us sort of intercept Yolok if he 
intends violence upon her, uh-huh. or at least... Yeah, he absolutely intends violence upon her. <laughs> he's not, like... He's not, like, a... No, say he's not a. He murders when necessary. He's a treasure hunter first and foremost. Right. So he's gonna do. He's gonna do anything he can to get that treasure. Right. And so I. I don't know. I say we just go have a friendly chat. She likes us after all. She is one of the few people she owes everything. That's true. She owes her self-imbued crown, being a queen. She owes her self-imbued crown to us. We could at least go say hi. Oh, and yeah. See what she's up to that might inform. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I wasn't saying that we shouldn't. I think we should definitely go say hi to Hannah. I just don't. I think Yolok will strike when she's out. And yeah. He knows where she is. So okay. maybe, maybe we try to intercept Yolok on the night of the. Yeah. So we know where he, where she is now. We know where he is going to be in two days. Yes. And those two days are going to help make us decide or at least inform maybe how we handle the the social situation in regards to the vampires that the ritualists want to destroy the entire bloodline and then also dead witch queen who we want to try to infiltrate to rescue. We got a lot on our plate, man. Perbestet, man. It's a crazy town. This We have to get out of this town. This is what happens when we're here. Our laundry <laughs> list goes from, like, two things to, like, ten things. Yeah, our, our like, punch list just keeps getting longer. <laughs> yes. Yes. We need to get out of here. So, at the very least, I think a friendly face would not go amiss. Even if we are sort of dubious on how we feel about what she's doing, she likes us. And so, I think... Maybe we'll take the Grimalk and I before Yolok can get it. And then we'll have something to trade. <laughs> I mean... Trade you for know what? Not... Trade for what? You know, if we ever have to trade for anything. Let's just go say hi and see what she's up to. I'm going to totally take that Grimalk and I. Let's do it. Alright, let's go. Alright. So you fly your way down to the District of the Cat and... I don't know, it depends. If Hannah's really nice, maybe we'll let her keep it. So, you uh, you make your way down to the major avenue, which is Old Cush Road. And off of that road, a few blocks away, it's easy to find a fairly large square that opens up. And it's also not terribly hard to find a uh, a, a, a meat warehouse. Okay. We... Off the off the square. It's actually what he gave you. It takes a little bit of searching because you don't know the area, but it's actually not hard to put the pieces together based on what he told you. Okay, we head on in. So, um, there are a lot. So, first of all, as you're down in the District of the Cat, this is the first time you've entered the District of the Cat since you've been back. Um, you notice what you, uh, well, you do remember this from before. There are cats everywhere, like house size, house cat size cats, kind of just lounging on every corner, rolling around on the streets, 
you know, chasing and, and hunting and doing what cats do. And here and there, you definitely notice several that, like, look at you and just seem a little too attentive for your comfort. Um, you also see something you don't remember before, which is some very large hunting cats that also seem out and about in the same way that the house cats are. You see several lions, tigers, panthers, lynxes, and you saw them before, but they were always... Those large hunting cats were usually contained in some way. They are not contained now. You also see lots of cat folk out on the street, and they seem very, very proud. There's a lot of energy buzzing through the district of the cat. And you notice that the humans in the district of the cat are just kind of rushing around doing their business, and they seem like they're kind of keeping their heads down. So with that, you find the meat plant off of the square near the old Cush Road. And in uh, it looks like there's an, uh, a, a business doorway. Can we go in? There is a female cat folk um, sitting right inside on a, uh, a little sitting inside at a little desk. Looks like she's working on some some figures. Hello, can I help you? Yes, we were hoping that we might have an audience with the Queen of Cats. She sort of blinks at you. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Are Would you they... are, do you represent one of our customers? We serve uh we, we ship packaged meat out of this facility. We service many of the restaurants in the district. She smiles. So there wouldn't be anyone here matching matching this description and i just i describe henna in great detail including kind of the way that she talks and her manner hmm i'm sorry that doesn't match any employees of our of our business and i don't recognize the name queen of cats is that a new restaurant in town you have not heard of the queen of cats she holds her hands out and shrugs. Sorry, dear, I don't know what you're talking about. I was under the impression that Henna knows everyone. Pardon me, Henna? Do you have any, like, herbs we could just... <laughs> you yeah. right know what? I, I was thinking about that, but I think... Mira is definitely having some, like, some crisis of conscience when it comes to messing with free will, with, you know, regarding the whole notion of this I. And 
I'm not hundred percent sure I want to do that. I, I think we need to take a different approach. I think, um, I, I reach into my bag and I leave like a little like seedling, like a little pot. And, um, I mean, I find like a little scrap of like burlap or packaging or something that's like nearby. And I leave her like a little plant, like on her, whatever little podium or desk or whatever. And I'd say, if, if you see anyone that goes by the name Henna, if she comes around, you let her know that we were here. And I, and I think it's time for us to go and find a different way around and find a different entrance. Okay. She it's smiles. Go, take a different approach. So as we're walking out, these sort of outdoor cats who just sort of mosey about you said some of them are just kind of like lounging and just being around and some of them are like on guard and following us like sentries totally what happens if we approach one basically make eye contact with it does it run or does it stay put so you make eye contact with one that is a is a um gray a smoky gray house cat sitting on a, a stair of some other building across the across the street. And it maintains eye contact with you all the way up until you get about three feet away. And then it sort of shakes its head and no longer making eye contact with you. And it sort of runs away, not paying attention mm. to you anymore. Interesting. But then you notice another cat over on a fence nearby, staring at you, sort of blankly. How far away from that cat at this point? Eh, like eight feet away or so. Okay, and if we approach it, does it do the same thing? It sure does. It takes its shake from we its start getting close, and it sort of shakes its head and then sort of just goes back to sleep. Okay. Well, my dear friend, Eleanor, and I'm like projecting, I'm like <laughs> slightly larger. It sure seems like our old dear friend, Henna, is hard to find these days. I wonder if she even knows we're back in town. I don't know, Mira. I wish that we could tell her about all of the exciting people and all the artifacts that we found along our way and all of our dealings with god kings and queens and all of the fun people we've met. It sure would be fun to find out what she's been up to since we've been gone. Yes. It sure seems like things are different around here since we were last... In the city, Mira, you, feel a, don't you, you almost stay? get knocked over by an enormous tabby cat rubbing itself against your leg. <sighs> it's a big old tabby cat. <laughs> Does it have like the same kind of like entranced kind of look about it, or is it just like? Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, and it's rubbing against your leg nice and hard, and then it just sort of goes trotting off. 
And it looks behind back at you like a, well. Oh, let's follow it. Yeah, coming. We're following. All right. It chops its way. All right. So it um, heads back towards the building that you were just in. Except it goes around to the back, down an alley. And then there's a cellar entrance boarded shut and there is a really really beefy looking cat folk sitting back there kind of lounging on up on a uh, on a little crate just looks like he's just kind of resting himself and then as you come around he stands up and he looks ready to like tell you to get out. And then he sees the cat. And for a moment, he also kind of eyes go a little funny. And he just kind of looks at you for a minute and nods and hmm. And he goes and he opens the door to a cell, to the cellar entrance and holds it open for you. And there's a set of stairs going down into the basement. We go into the basement. The uh, tabby cat disappears, and the cellar door slams shut above you as you walk down into the uh, into the darkness. And you can see a dim light up ahead, but otherwise, you guys don't have any light with you. Can we make light? Except for the the staff of some There you go. Staff is providing its torchlight. Never mind. I take it back. You have your torch. All right, so as you go uh, walking down the hallway, as you go walking down this dark hallway, you see multiple sets of glowing cat eyes kind of at various levels through the hallway. Like there's some on the ground, there's some up in a little alcove, like up above your head, there's one kind of down, like they're just all, there's like eyes in weird spots in this wall. Like there must be a pot, it must be a very like rough wall. You can't see the wall super well. It's kind of shadowy, but the eyes are all over. But up ahead, you can see a light. And as you get closer, the eyes disappear. And you see uh, you're able to walk through a doorway into a what into a dimly lit room. And standing in that room. Sitting on a, well, sitting is the wrong word, lounging (laughs) on an enormous pile of cushions is none other than Henna, the queen of cats of Perbastet. And she looks at the two of you and she squeals and claps her hands. Oh, you're back. Oh, I'm so glad to see the two of you. She scrambles up and she runs over and she hugs you both. Eleanor <laughs> hugs her but is not as excited. Just like a shoulder tap tap. <laughs> yes, yes, a shoulder tap tap. Come, 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 come inside. 
Oh, I'm so happy to see the two of you. It's been such a long... Has it only been a month since I saw you again? My goodness, what have we been up to here in Burbastet? You've Burbusted? been very busy, Hannah. I have. You? I have indeed. She looks so pleased with herself. Come, sit, pull up a cushion. Let us talk. And she, I... she rolls down. She sort of flop, flops she... her way down into the cushions. Is she wearing the Grimalkin eye? Oh, oh. Big old giant tiger eye ball hanging from her neck. But like prominent oh, and yeah. displayed, not like, you know, totally. in a hidden like satchel. Okay. Yeah. She's not, she wouldn't do that. She's like very ostentatious. Yep. She just is out it's there. It's true, but it's the source of her power. So, you know, it's. She's not the smartest. The sheriff true. is nice. True to character, yeah. <laughs> It also probably has to be worn to be used. True. So it seems like you've made quite a name for yourself since we last saw you, Your Majesty. Why, thank you, Mira. Yes, I've all, I thought the term, I thought the name Queen of Cats fit me quite well, don't you think? And she gives herself a little lick and a groom. So, like, I... I'm trying very because it's it has been a month and we've been through a whole lot of of stuff in a month. We've been a lot through a lot of personal growth in a month, and <laughs> and I still like deep down believe that Hannah is good. I just think that she, her her sort of she's misguided. I think in sort of how she how she goes about her her um. Her principles, I guess. I agree with that. I don't know. I feel like she's just misguided. And I I want to like her, but I don't want her to let on that I like her any less than I did when we last saw her. But I'm super, like, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm a very scoldy mom today. <laughs> you are a scoldy mom. That's funny. <laughs> so I'm disappointed, but I don't want her to be, like, on off guard, like, that she has to, like, defend herself. I want her to, like, give freely of all of the information of like what she's been doing. So, so I'm just, I'm saying this for the record that any sort of, um, applauding is going to be, is going to be hollow. Um, but, um, uh, but Mira says, um, so you seem to have made what seems like good use of your, of your treasure that that we were able to bestow upon you oh yes i think so i'm quite proud of the progress we've made in this city and she definitely she actually like caresses the eye while she's speaking absent-mindedly progress that sounds like you're leaning steps towards a goal oh yes oh yes after all what is the name of this city Per bestet, the city of the cat. Don't you think cats should rule this city? <laughs> I mean, with with our mutual friend Nefrini at the head, I was pretty sure they did. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Unfortunately, it's quite not true. Nefrini doesn't rule this city. Humans and stinking undead do. Seems like a shame, doesn't it? She kind of rolls around on her cushion. 
Frankly, if Nefrini was actually the one ruling the city, I'd be a lot happier. She is a glorious, glorious cat. Mm. But sadly, she is but one of a council, and the only one with fur on that council. Seems like a shame, doesn't it? I'm surprised they haven't given you a seat as a council. Right, that's what I say too. Yes. Damn the council. I say get rid of it. Damn them. Yes. So, I I have to ask, and and I mean, I mean, no insult or insinuation by any of this, but I'm curious with this power that you wield. It seems. It seems quite the shadowy corner for you to establish such a palace in such a clandestine manner. Why not make your your presence known? And why not take the seat of prominence that you feel, and, and frankly, we feel, like you so deserve? She nods. You're not wrong. But it's a game we play. Cats often work from the shadows, don't we? You see... The rise of the, the, the revolution, sorry. You see, the revolution of the cat has not been smooth. We have many enemies. First among them, the gnolls, the, the, the lapdogs of the rotting dead. So, if I was to set up a, a, well, a, a palace, as you say, which I totally deserve, I'm sure I'd be dead within a week. So things must change first. The city must respect us for the power that we are. And it will. It will. I believe it. I have faith in the soul of Perbestet. I'm trying to think of how we can use this. We can use Henna to help us in our. Yeah. I mean, mind controlled or otherwise, she does have some type of an army at her disposal. I know. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Cats. Um, and, and we can maybe talk her into, you know, taking on Mishkenet. She doesn't like Mishkenet. I mean, maybe she would aid us in breaking into the pyramid. I mean, it certainly would help her cause in at least uh, restoring the, yeah, or at least sh- shifting the dynamic of the city if we were to disarm the Queen of the Undead. So we can get rid of Mishkinet, then we can use the ritual to get rid of the Lashen and all the vampires. <laughs> and then Hena takes over as Queen of the City! Great plan! And she likes us! <laughs> So then we're in. Sure. You know, I mean, we need allies. At first, coming in here, I was like, ugh, Hannah. She's so flippant. But now, now I think we need to use her. I mean, she's pretty single-minded. And I think if... We need, we need to get that single-minded on our track. Yeah, we need to help guide that focus. Yes. Because, yeah, we're just talking about, you know, mind control, house cats, but we also shouldn't forget the lions that are just sort of 
free range about the town that, you know, could make a pretty solid, formidable offense. Yeah. I think we should storm the pyramid with cats. <laughs> Henna. Henna. Ah, uh, Mira and I have been through such a journey. Um, we traveled to Nuria. We've been... Oh, she is enraptured. As you know, we were trying to find our way home. And it has taken us, we, we flew yes. on the carpet that Nefrini gave us to Nuria. We met people there. We were pursued by the were-tigers <gasps> that saw us here. But we escaped. <gasps> it was quite the epic battle. And then from Nuria, we traveled. You won't even be able to guess where we traveled, Henna. Where? We traveled to the city of the dead. Oh! To Paranu. No! <laughs> oh! Tell me everything! And we met with the god king Irsu. Oh! You have been retracing the steps of Kojima! Oh my goodness! We did. And it brought us back here, back to Perinu. We actually went down a cat slide alley <gasps> to get back here. But it has brought us back because it has brought us to you. Did you know that you have a very important role to play in the continuing story of Kojima and the Oasis? Well, of course I do. <laughs> we... We must take down Meshkenet. <laughs> There's a moment of like, wait, what? <laughs> and you, the God King, told us that you would be key in taking her down. He did? He did. He said you must go back to Perbaset and you must find the Queen of Cats. And she will hold the key to releasing Perbastet from the grips of Meshkenet. She looks, she's getting ideas. <laughs> I never dreamed so big. Can you but just. Yes. It's Meshkenet, isn't it? I'm sure she pulls the strings of those bloodsuckers in the pallid court as well. <sighs> the time for the revolution has come! It has, and Meshkenet is holding Mira's love hostage in her dungeons. We must release him when we take down the God Queen. How do we take down the God Queen? We will need every single cat that you can command. We will need them ready and we will storm the pyramid. We will create utter chaos. And that is when we strike the God Queen. 
She's smiling. In two nights' time, I will be addressing the cats of the city on the wall. And the power of the full moon will be behind me. And they will listen. And that is the night that it can work. In order, she holds up the, the, the Grimalkin eye and it sort of glimmers in the, in the firelight. And uh, she's holding it like it's very precious to her. <laughs> and you see, it's hard to, to influence all of the cats of the city, but if they're all right there, if they're all there in front of me and if the moon is behind me, I think... I think I can stir them to action. And we can free this city from the stinking dead. It's very true. And if we can do that, we will take down the vampires next. And then your dream of Perbastet being liberated will come true, and you will sit as the head of the council next to Nefrini. You can just see she is just like, she is into this idea. Oh, all oh my friends, I am so glad you have returned. You are the best humans, you know that. <laughs> Hannah, I must, I must issue you one more caveat as was given to us as a warning from the god king on this rallying power that you have the decision to join up forces and to storm the pyramid it must be only those pure of heart stand a chance to fulfill the revolution. So when you inspire, when you stand up there in your moment of glory and circle by the moon, when you use this power, it should be directed inward so that you may inspire those through through purity of your words and ideas. No one should go who doesn't feel like they truly feel compelled to in their heart of hearts, not yours. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm looking at Mira. We need all the people we can get. It's a pyramid, Mira. I didn't say but that to her. I'm just saying that with will, my eyes man. of life. She... We need all the cats. <laughs> I think it is, in my opinion, that a true testament to your power would be, and I'm trying like very carefully, I don't want to insult her to think that the only reason people like her is because she can control their minds. I think the true display of your power would be to allow your audience, your adoring followers, 
to make the decision for themselves. And I think you'll be surprised how many true spirits you will find following right in your footsteps. She kind of looks down at the Grimalkan eye kind of sadly. Hmm. I shall think, I shall think about what you have just said. Listen, as you said, we are human. We are under no influence by any Grimalkan powers that you may possess. And I am inspired by you. I am swayed to follow you wherever you decide it would be meaningful and important to go. I support your cause. I support your beliefs. And I would like to help you in your efforts. And you know this to be true. And I am no cat. Wait, is to see a cat of your standing up there in front of the moon speaking with such prowess as you do. I can't see anyone turning you down. Is Mira suggesting that she not use the Grimalkanized power? Yes. No! <laughs> henna! Henna! Well, I, I think the display I, of... Henna! My lovely friend Mira, yes. It must be pure that you have been given this great power because you have the responsibility to use it. There's a reason you were gifted it. We were sent here to bring it to you. Wow. Okay, I'd like the two of you to both make a clever roll. This is interesting. <laughs> we have to take down a god queen! Yes, we have to mind control all the cats in the city! Absolutely! Absolutely! There will be casualties! And if they didn't... Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, like, if it's... If you're, like, hypnotizing, like, a herd of buffalo to, like, stampede a place <laughs> and, you know, you're trying to control animals... That's kind of one thing, but she clearly has sway over, like, the very sentient catfolk people who have, you know, lives and families and jobs, and they're... I don't super love an indentured army. I just don't. <laughs> Eleanor is like, indentured army, check. <laughs> All right, here we go. We have Clever. to storm a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, wait, 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 wait. Okay, let's see what the roll is, and then we'll decide. Okay. Okay, I got a three. I got four. Oh. Hey, I'm using a fate point to boost mine. To what five. are you invoking? This is not normal ground for you. Lady on a mission, because we have to take down a pyramid. We have to take down a god queen. We need. Assets. This is the only army that we can get in two days. This is like we got bad things happening. We have the pallet court. We've got 
Darius, you've got Mish. Get it. I think Mira is just so, I think her moral stance against lives lost, you know, that could be attributed to our cause is like, she doesn't want to endanger anybody else. And so if anybody, whether it's, you know, her bodyguard out front or the shopkeeper who was made to lie to us out at the front door, like your, your position is clear. Right now, Mira is losing by one. I mean, I don't want to match you fate point for fate point because <laughs> I totally could. You could. Uh, we need an God. army. We need an army. They don't have to, like, go in there guns a-blazing. We just need, like, chaos. And we need lots of bodies. And who better to cause so much chaos than Hannah. She will bring all the cats and have them running amok everywhere. Yes, some of them might get killed. Oh, God. I don't necessarily want to bank on when our next refresh is going to be, but I mean, I'm going to spend a fate point because I want to call, I want to call the shots and I need to up the ante. And can I invoke my own trouble? Can I invoke does not kill? Yes. Yes, you can. It is not always a negative. In this case, it's very relevant. You have the passion to, uh, the conviction to make sure the innocents don't die. Uh, I think that's very appropriate. Pay that fate point, Mira. So, I'm paying the fate point, and, but I can see, obviously, I'm, I'm meeting with, I'm meeting with Eleanor heads on, so I'm, I'm seating, and I'm saying to Henna, but glancing at Eleanor, so she knows this is for her. Wait, wait, wait. But I'm saying... Wait, you spent the fate point and you're conceding? Well, not... I, I, I don't mean conceding in, like, the game rules of fate, but I'm oh. saying, like, this is... I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to compromise with my... Because I, I could... Here's the thing is, I agree with Eleanor that we need an army, and this is certainly useful, but, like, I feel bad using it, so, like, here's where I have to draw the line, is... Only those who are capable and willing to defend themselves. So I think sending in sort of sending in the animal army, the leopards, the lions, the tigers, the, you know, thousands of cats causing frenzy, but the people, the cat folk, the bipeds have to go of their own free will. They can't be mind controlled. Can she they have do to be that? inspired by her speech? Can can they can Henna do that? Well, no, don't don't. You don't know. You're asking well, for you're asking for a fine. You're asking for a fair degree of uh, of control there, that's Mira. Pretty like fine tuned. So you made your case. Uh, you have made the case, then, and, and your no further action is necessary for you to invoke the aspect. So if Mira wins, at that point, what will happen is that Henna will still do the thing. You'll get a smaller army, smaller, but still very passionate army. Like how much smaller are we talking? It's enough that it will be a difference. We'll say that. Because otherwise, this wouldn't matter. Uh, We need those people. So... 
I'm saying the power of the Grimalkin eye is not lost to us if Henna doesn't deliver. Yeah, well, we're not attuned to it. She is attuned to it. She's been using oh, that's right. it. So remember, I tried. I forgot about the attuning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I have to, so, and and we're gonna have to do other things. Like we don't want to be sitting there. We we need her to be doing that distraction with all the cats and the revolution, so that we can sneak in, so that Mishkenet's dealing with this, and we can go get Tomlin. Yeah. And we're gonna need Yolok no matter what. We just need to convince him to not take the eye from her, so that he'll come with us because we're gonna need his stabbing skills. <laughs> to to will be well to you, get through. You will. Um. So I'm gonna pay a fate point. To go above, because I truly believe that we need all hands on deck. What are you going to invoke to 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 do that? I'm going to invoke Westergaard family business. I've done big raids before. I know the planning it takes to orchestrate okay. getting in and getting out, and I know that we need a strong diversion. And I am just not convinced that not using the eye to its full power is going to be enough. I'll take that. Mira's heart is broken, but ultimately it's for, you know, she did everything she could. I've never seen a bidding war between characters like this before. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> okay. So. Henna, we know that you will do what is right for your people and for your city. Viva la revolution. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she holds up a paw. <laughs> just like the, the other cat did earlier. Put my hand up. And your fingers and her, her, her paw fingers interlace. <laughs> As she looks you in the eye <laughs> with with affection and vigor. I'm so glad the two of you are back. I hope you'll come see me on the wall two nights from now. We will be there, Hannah. We will not miss, miss it for the world. Oh, you two are... You two are honorary cats. Oh, I don't super know what to say. I'm like kind of deflated, but kind of honored because I do genuinely think that she's good. And I think that's great. And all of these sentiments, I think, would like really land Mira in like a touching place. I just think that she has this like pit in her stomach about like, oh, yeah. Oh, we got we got some badness coming our way. This is going to get real ugly. Probably. Real soon. We're going into the God Queen's Pyramid, like, yeah, things are going to get bad. Yeah. Okay. But we just, like, enlisted a lot of people to follow us down. But see, the thing is, I don't think they're actually going to follow us into the pyramid. They're going to follow to the pyramid and swarm. And here, I don't know if I trust Hannah to be able to hold this Grimalkin eye for that long. Like, I think it's going to take all of her power just to get everyone there. 
And then, I mean, who knows if she, I don't know, someone might take it from her, and then what happens to the spell? Like, there's just so many things that could go wrong. I don't think they're going to be mindless zombies fighting other mindless zombies. Yeah, fair. Certainly interesting, but you have have you certainly have an army. There's something exciting there. You have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else? Or are you guys going to take your leave? I think we're going to take our leave. Okay. I think we need to end there tonight, too, because it's late. So you, so you take your leave, and the uh, you you walk back out through the alley, and you head around to another corner, or to another a, a, a different alley where no one is. You're pretty sure no one is seeing you. And you're about ready to get on your carpet. And which one of you carries the carpet? I I think we trade off. I don't think we have, like, a designated person. All right. Yeah. Eleanor, you are in the course of... You are in the act doing... You are unrolling the carpet. And it springs into its, you know, ground-level float. Somebody takes this. And you feel a... Tap, tap, tap on your shoulder.